Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. championship game on deck for those Cincinnati Bengals. Unbelievable season. It just keeps writing itself, this Cinderella story. And the Cincinnati Bengals face the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC championship game this Sunday afternoon. I'm Anthony Cazenza, joined as always by my partner in crime, John Sheeran. What a season, man. What a game. What a weekend of football in general. Good Lord. All those games were just incredible. Yeah, it almost feels like the Bengals game is like left out of that conversation. <laughs> how, how the Bills and Chiefs ended and freaking Brady almost coming back down from 27 to 3 again. But yeah. I, Bengals fans will take that. They'll take the the, the less uh, talked about game as long as it's a win. Yeah, the the sliding continues i guess for the cincinnati Bengals. i don't know what's going on there they just they're not even given much of a chance this week by a lot of pundits there's still a lot of odd takes being thrown out there but all in all the cincinnati Bengals keep silencing the doubters keep doing different things to uh make this a really special season and one of which was to defeat the number one seed tennessee titans on their home turf we'll talk about that in just a second before we do, wanted to remind folks that uh, kind of what's what's coming up tonight. We've got a Titans preview. We'll be doing that for a few minutes, and then we, we will be joined by comedian, musician, SNL alum, and Bengals fan, Luke Knoll, joining the program. We're going to have some fun with him, talking all kinds of different things about the Bengals, his career, and going to have some fun with him. And then we're going to close up with some stats of the week and a preview of the Chiefs game. So, you won't want to miss any of it, and should be a should be a fun show. And uh, we're looking we're looking forward to all of it. But John, I, I'm kind of at a loss a little bit as to where to start with with this Titans game. I guess I want to start with this amazing video montage you put together on Twitter. Absolutely incredible. Kudos to you. I'm going to give you a nice uh, round of applause there. In case you missed it for whatever reason, John put together an amazing video chronicling some Titans fans on Twitter spaces that Zim Hude had put together, calling the Bengals a finesse team, whatever that may be. And by the way, that when I hear finesse team, I always think of the movie Swingers with Vince Vaughn and John Favreau from, from the 90s because they're playing NHLPA hockey on, on the old school Sega Genesis. And they're playing with the Kings, and uh, there's a funny line about the Kings being a finesse team, and they it, it's an uncomplimentary word uh, is kind of what they what they say in that movie. So... The Bengals proved whatever that finesse team means, John, that they are not a finesse team and they can beat teams a number of different ways based on what the other team's given them 
or not giving them. You know, you know what it sounds like to me. Um, well, growing up, like playing Madden, like players have different attributes, and like pass rushers, defensive linemen, they'll have like power moves and finesse moves. And I remember, like, like for like a Carlos Dunlap, he, he was more of a finesse guy, right? Because he he, was, he, had, he had bend, didn't really have that much power. Like Geno Atkins, Geno Atkins had power moves. And I feel like that's like that was just in like the Titans fans' mind, like, oh, like the Bengals, they're they're fast, they they score in flashy ways and and whatnot, and and they have good defensive backs. They're quote unquote finesse and that didn't make any sense to me because one there are no finesse teams in the NFL it's the NFL there are physical teams and there are teams that are slightly less physical because they have they don't have bigger faster slightly stronger athletes but this is all the top one percentile football players in the world like if you are not physical in the NFL you will not lose or you will not win any games I don't care what division you come from so the whole thing was just weird, but it was the physicality of the Bengals defensive line that was really one of the big stories for me. Obviously, the Titans defensive line, obviously physical. We knew that coming into the game. We didn't think they were going to have nine sacks on just 15 pressures that they had, but we knew that the Bengals defensive line was capable of that performance. They've shown it in various times this year. There have been some moments where they got kind of gashed, but they matched the quote-unquote physicality of the Titans offense and that offensive line. They limited Derrick Henry to maybe like three and a half yards per carry. And the tone setter of that group, DJ Reader, had one of his best games ever against a team that he has history playing and dominating against when he was with the Houston Texans. And that was one of the big stories of the game. The game was not perfect for either side. Obviously, the Bengals offense was really limited by a lot of the sacks and the Titans offense was limited by Ryan Tannehill. And when it came down to it, the Titans... They had their formula. They had their predictable game plan. The, the game plan that was supposed to run the Bengals over, and that didn't happen. The Bengals defense ended up stepping up and making plays. And even though he was sacked nine times, again, nine times on like only 15 or so pressures, he wasn't pressured all the game, but when he was, he was sacked. And just when they needed time, they needed one clean pocket to get 20 yards. Where else does he go to but Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase, the guy who wanted to break all the records, Sets up the guy who now wants to break all of Adam Vinatieri's records in the postseason, Evan McPherson, calling his shot. It was it's these young guys again, Anthony. The stage is not too big for them. No matter the talk leading into the game, no matter the no matter the narratives, they are here to win big games for the Bengals, and they're showing no signs of slowing down. Confidence is key, and you know what else is? It seems like every big win, I look at some of the biggest plays in that in those respective games. And I come out of it going, it's, it's those big outside free agent acquisitions from the last couple of years that are making a good amount of those big plays. Yes. It's Joe Burrow. Yes. It's Jamar chase. Of course. But Trey Hendrickson throughout the year, he was a force Been a little quiet this postseason had the big play against the Raiders obviously got hurt later in that game, a little more quiet this week as well. But he's been a force throughout the season. Of course, you had the Mike Hilton play this week. I mean, it just seems like those for a team that was so adverse to outside free agency for so long. Now they're they're seeing the dividends of what some of these guys are bringing and and they're showing up in these big games wherein the Bengals traditionally they, they just didn't do that, right? I mean, that's and that's part of the reason why they brought these guys in. Look, man, like Bengals fans have been pleading with this team to find the guy quarterback and to complement the team with quality for agents. And it took them so long to do that. 
And once they finally did it, they nailed it 100%. Like they're, they're at a very dangerously high hit rate for these free agents. And they're all coming up big in these games. And like you said, they're amongst the biggest reasons as to why they're producing so much and they're, and they're winning these games. And, you know, it, it, in a game that's ugly or unpleasant like this, it ends up being 19 to 16, a very imperfect day. It's the same two things that can carry a team deep into the postseason opportunistic defense and just quality quarterback play. Anthony, I don't know if there is another quarterback that was able that can be able to take that type of a beating and still come up when he's absolutely needed. I think like Len Dawson or something like that had gotten sacked nine times in the playoff game like 60 years ago and still won. I don't know if that's the last time that that's happened, man, but it's just it's it's not always going to be pretty, even though they have this completely balanced roster and whatnot. But when it comes down to it, they're able to get it done. So that's that's my main question I want to bring here. And we're going to get to our special guest, Luke Knoll, in just a second here. But I kind of want to close maybe a little bit of Titans talk. And maybe this could segue later on into the Chiefs preview. But there's, I, I'm always, I, I feel like I do this every every show. I talk about the two schools of thought or two different things. You can, two different ways you can look at things. There's the, is this viable? this type of play viable for the AFC championship and a possible Super Bowl, the nine sacks, you know, Evan McPherson relying on him kicking four field goals a game instead of touchdowns, that sort of thing. Is that viable still for the Bengals to continue to win? Or do you just kind of look at this team and go, they're just finding different ways to win and it doesn't really matter. And it's not going to matter who they play. Well, if they end up playing a team with the Titans defensive line and Patrick Mahomes a quarterback, then it becomes there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> because I mean they needed every ounce of of their defense in that game with how the offense was unfortunately playing. And that's going into the game, that was the one thing that the, that the Titans could do. If they completely shut out the Bengals offense with their pass rush, that was their formula to success. But only if Ryan Tannehill doesn't play like Ryan Tannehill usually does in the playoffs. And this is obviously one of his worst playoff performances, maybe his worst playoff performance of his career. But that was what the defense needed to do when the offensive line was getting destroyed there. So as long as they don't run into a defensive line like the Titans who do what they do, I think they will go into games more confidently that they can put up 30 points and not have to completely rely on three turnovers. Yeah, and I think that's just a key for for this going forward. I mean, obviously you want really good outputs from all three phases of the game but you know sometimes when one phase it's that complementary football concept right where one phase is maybe struggling at a certain point of the game or throughout the game and the other two phases really pick it up to allow that phase to kind of lean on them as a crutch a little bit and I think that's that's kind of a little bit of what we saw that uh this past weekend before we get to our special guest john quickly how did you how did you celebrate how did you watch i mean i know we were all celebrating i still i have a video i'm I'm debating if i want to share it at some point i I might share it someone in my family did a sneak video they were you know of of, of us so i i didn't know that i was being filmed there but uh how did you celebrate because i'm i know we're trying to be unbiased i know we're trying to be objective but hey i mean they're in the afc championship Man, when you go to the AFC Championship and you're in Cincinnati and you have fireworks popping off next to your house <laughs> as soon as McPherson makes the field goal that he called a shot, you know, you got to celebrate with them. So I went out with my cousin and, and met up with his brother, my cousin as well, to some bars close to where we were. And we just had ourselves a grand old time. We didn't get completely blackout like we did after the first playoff one because, Anthony, 
playoff wins aren't new to us anymore. This, this, there you go. We're veterans now. Behavior, you know, we gotta gotta act like we've been here before. But you know, that's right. If, if they go on to, to win the next game, maybe we can go dummy a little bit more. Wow. Well, maybe I'll share it on my Twitter account or something. The video that I have, it's it's actually kind of funny. And um, I don't know. I'm debating, but we'll see. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I do know how somebody else celebrated, and we're going to play a video on that in just a second. We're going to bring in our special guest, Mr. Luke Knoll. He is a musician, a comedian. He is a Saturday Night Live alum, and most importantly, he is a Bengals fan. What's going on, my man? Fellers, <clears throat> happy January where the Bengals are still playing and it's not uh, a bunch of scrubs for no reason <clears throat> and we want them to lose because we want a better draft pick. Guys, life is good. good life is good. Life is good. And uh, I am. we are very excited for you to join us. Uh, we've seen you a couple times in the comment section and I say, we got to get this guy on the show. We got to get this guy on the show because you are Incredibly talented, awesome, and a a big, big-time Bengals fan. I, I would ask you what you did to celebrate, but Luke, I'm, I, I, I trolled your Twitter account, and I you found a little something for you here. Uh, I'm going to let the folks watch this and, and hopefully hear it here. Let's pull this up. This is uh, – I, I want to know where this is, first of all. Uh, where, where, it's the where one was this Bengal at? bar. It's the one Bengal bar in LA, and I'm using in LA because it's not in LA. It's in Eagle <laughs> Rock. So oh, in okay. Eagle Rock, the Five Line Tavern, there were Bengal fans down the the like down the block. They had to turn people away. I felt so bad. I'm like, let these sweaty people in here. Allow them to hoot and holler. But they turned people away. But this is the one Bengal bar in LA, and uh, we went we went wild. All right, I'm going to show it right here, and then uh, we'll we'll get back to it here. Here you go. This is uh, Luke's version of celebration here. Please, shooter. Please, you got to yell at him. You're hearing Ian Eagle back there. Yeah. You got to give them the spin. Let them know we're at the bar. A lot of people there. Good amount. Come they on. just turn people away. Come on. You can't see it, but I can. I don't know why I felt the need to include that. Your, your jacket's incredible, by the way. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, you got to you gotta go for it. The people. I'm just going nuts. There, there is I'm like a, part a child. At the end. I know there's a part. The best part's at the very end. I'm debating if I want to if I want to play it on air or not because there may oh, sure. be little little ears here. Uh, well, I'm hugging I'm hugging people I don't know. I don't know that guy. You don't know that guy. This is my butt here. Okay, all right. There, that's the best part. The people uh, needed to know. You know, sometimes <laughs> you just gotta be honest with the with the folks. You know. Yeah. Well, that's that's awesome, man. I think that answers the question, though. The Bengals player that exudes the most sexual energy is probably Evan, Evan McPherson, though. 
I mean, it's hard. It's hard to take that away from him, you know, especially going on Pat McAfee today and being like, pick up that ball in the front and read me the records. I was like, dude, I love this kid so much. I am one of the people that tried to get a money Mac Jersey, like all the way a hundred percent, but I don't want, like, I know they're all sold out right now, but I want every year I buy one. I buy one every year just because you got to support the boys. So this is my T. It's my T Higgs. But I, like uh, I want them. I think I want a Money Mac. I want a shooter jersey, but I want it in orange. I want the new look orange jersey. You know what I mean? Okay. And I assume that Money Mac's going to be sold out for like six months or something. But. Yeah. I, I They were talking about it on the herd today that. They're out of the jerseys. They're even out of the jerseys that you can customize and, and put his number and name on it if you wanted to do the, the blank ones. So they're, they're all sold out of that stuff, which is which is pretty incredible. Luke, um, for I mean, for those of us who have followed your your career and whatnot, tell us how you became a Bengals fan and uh, maybe some of your favorite players and I don't know, some of your best. Mm. I mean, I, I would assume that what we just played was one of your best memories as a Bengals fan. But uh, oh, I mean, what, what, what are, give us a little background here. I think you guys were right, though. The previous week was like, like as good and as excited as I was there. The previous week against the Raiders, it was like really cathartic. Like it was like 10 times that because they didn't know to turn people away last week. Like they did not know that it was going to be fully jammed. Like so it was like way more people in there. And it was just like people like crying. And it was just like. It was a big family of strangers, but we were all just loving it together. But I mean, I grew up in Cincinnati. I went to Lakota East and grew up a Bengal fan. Just took took the gut punches. Uh, I think it's crazy when I go to the Bengal bar here in L.A. now and I ask people because I assume like if you're going to root for this franchise up until this year, come on now, like bandwagon. We got plenty of room mm-hmm. now, but yeah, like yeah, back in the yeah. like. Even a few years ago, it's like, why would you do this to yourself if you weren't from that patch of dirt, you know, yeah. where I'm from, where it's like, and it's funny to hear people in LA being like, yeah, they're just, I just picked, they're my team in Madden and I just locked it down. And I'm like, I love that. I love that so much. But uh, I, I found myself thinking something uh, about like 10 years ago, right guys? Like, Zoom back to the 2011 Bengals, right? Everybody predicts we're going to go 0-16. There's the lockout. There's no, you know, Andy and AJ's rookie year. We come out of the gate and start out like 3-2, and 5-2. and two, I think we started out that, that season. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but I think we started out pretty well that year. End up scraping together and getting into the playoffs and just getting bodied by the Texans. But I just remembered being like, so excited just to be there you know what i mean and just to be like oh my gosh like the Bengals are in the playoffs like this is unreal this is so exciting and then i zoom forward to now and it's like it's really sad looking back at how excited i was just for the experience of losing 31 to 10 whatever the final score that first texans game was it sounds about right it was bad yeah, 31 to 17 or something. I don't even know if we scored that much. I don't think we did. It was like it was bad. But I just remember being like, man, I really was happy with just breadcrumbs. And now that we've had something to eat, come on now. And everybody's crying about how the national media, because I'm sure you guys are watching everything just like me. Like, I mean, I'm watching every I'm searching 
way too much on, on Twitter for indirects and stuff. I'm like trying to see everything there is out there. Right, and I'm like, right. it's funny how many Bengal fans are like bummed that the national media is sleeping on us where I'm like, guys, this, we want to be slept on the minute that they start pumping the Bengal, like next year, there's going to be a lot of hype and our schedule is going to be crazy. Cause we're going to play a first place schedule. And it's like, Let's let's just soak it in. We want them to sleep on us. There, there's no way we're giving up nine sacks again. Like, we, no, it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they got us four times in week 17 where it's like, that sounds about right. And we can still beat you. We can still put up 34 points with taking four sacks. Like, come on, sleep on us. Continue to sleep on us. <laughs> So maybe your answer will be that week 17 game where Burrow was sacked four times, but they still scored 34 points. Luke, like as far as verified people on Twitter who acknowledge themselves as Bengals fans, like you're very, I would say, self-deprecating. No, exactly. Like (laughs) of all the one people, they're verified and acknowledge that they're Bengals fans. You're very self-deprecating with your fandom. You know, you, you, you're a comedian, obviously you find joy and suffering and, 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 and humor and just suffering and whatnot. Just this season though, like, with how it unfolded and there are so many moments to pick from where, where was that light switch flicked for you that like, Oh, this team is legit. And I, I cannot just be joking about them anymore. Like they could actually do something. You know, we hit that stretch after, and I'm saying we, because come on guys, we're part of it. We're part. They you're suited up. I mean, you're suited, suited up. up. Tonight. So, yeah. There I, got, you go. I, got my, <laughs> I mean, this guy, this is, I think this is the game right here because clearly they're going to be salty about, getting burned for 266 yards against Jamar Chase the first time. It's all about T Higgins in in the AFC championship game. But I I think it's that stretch right after the bye where I feel like Marvin Lewis's Bengals, um, you know, even when we were going to the playoffs for five straight years, we always came out sleepy after the bye. And it always looked like, you know what I mean? Like they never came out. Like, I feel like, all five of those playoff years, every one of them felt like we were basically limping to the finish. That's not the case if you go back and look at some of those years, but it just, it never felt like we were surging at the right time. And this year is like, you have, there's no other way to look at it, but to say like, these Bengals came out of the bye, ready to go. And it, you know, once you're sweeping the Bengal or the, Ravens and the Steelers like this they're for real even if we're playing the practice squad Ravens like come on we're, we're playing Madden on rookie mode against these guys out there it was awesome like could not lick wing sauce off my fingers enough um, it was cathartic we needed it as as a people as, as as the Bengals loving nation that we are we needed to see them blow out the Steelers and Mike Hilton to pick six big Ben we needed this to put up 500 yards passing and just rubbing it in their faces like we needed it as fans and then that just to cap it off that win against kansas city it's like and oh my gosh don't even read the chiefs fans complaining about the refs and stuff it's like you know that jamar chase put up 266 like no rookie has ever put up more yards you 
Not going to comment on that. Not going to bring that up. It's all the one holding call that you're mad about. They're just, yeah. No, but Luke, it, it wasn't just that. It was it was Chiefs fans that were saying that Burrow is this next Brady, and the NFL wants the Bengals to win over oh, the yeah, Chiefs. Oh yeah, that's a good one. The Patrick Mahomes, one. like like like, how do you com- how do you comprehend that? Like the Bengals, the a part of the NFL script. I know. I'm like. Do you know, have you watched any Bengals game? Clearly, no. I'm like, you've got to be kidding yourself if you think that the juggernaut that is the NFL is like, you know what market we want to rig it for? The 25th smallest. (laughs) We want to make sure we get the 25th smallest TV market in the NFL. We want to make sure. that's a. It's like, come on, guys. Like, take your they just i have a lot of chiefs fan buddies that i in my uh in my fantasy league this year and i'm like you guys have become the like spoiled rich kid so fast cuz i've known them a long time and i'm like during the alex smith years you guys were not this bold you know what i mean i'm like be chill yeah i've got two names to give you and i want to hear your thoughts. I'm just going to say the uh, the names themselves. All right. Jackson I can already Mahomes, cut you off because Jackson, Jackson Mahomes, Mahomes and Brittany Matthews this week. Uh, what, 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 when those when you see the TikToks, when you see the videos, do you just go ah whatever, or do, does it get under your skin? Are you saying, oh my gosh, I really want the Bengals to win because those two are really, really using social media in a way I would not use it. I mean, I don't know. I, what, what goes through your mind when you hear those two names, especially this week with what's on the line? I mean, all you got to do is rewind a year. And it's like, when's the last time that somebody prominently clowned on the Bengals on TikTok? <clears throat> Juju Smith-Schuster. And he got Ooh, yeah. absolutely wrecked. Uh, and a lot of really great memes uh, off of him getting just hit-sticked by Von Bell. <laughs> Like, oh, I say bring it. Give it to us. Like, keep keep it up. It's going to make it <laughs> this much funnier when the Bengals win. And people are not going to know what to do. And I hope it ends on some weird bad ref call. I hope it won't. But, like, I hope it does just so that they can cry more. I'm talking with Luke Knoll, former SNL cast member, now current uh, comedian. Yes, I was fired. Well, that, that's where the former comes in. A lot of people are uh, used to be something, then they're former something because of that. But Luke, um, you, I'm, I'm actually outnumbered right now because you, you and Anthony are both now in LA. But obviously, Luke here is a Cincinnati guy. But just, just, just take me through, like, say in a week's time, the Bengals beat the Chiefs. If that happens, the Super Bowl is in LA. Like, obviously, you have a, a pop and Bengals bar on the outside of town. How do you imagine, like, the city of, like, the the metro, metro, the metropolis of LA, just in in flux with like Bengals fans for like the that two weeks. How do you think that's yeah. going to handle it? So, first of all, LA they don't care at all. Like I'll, you'll see Ram, you'll see some Rams jerseys and things, but like never met a Charger fan. Like you, if you walk around Los Angeles, you it, they don't exist. Like there's no such thing as an LA based Charger fan. They don't. They're not here. The Rams were in the Super Bowl in 2018. I could be wrong. Could have been. Yeah, I think it was 2018. You would not really know. You, it, they're just. It's not one of the teams that they really care about. It's like a Dodger. They love the Dodgers. They love the Lakers. 
And that's pretty much it because there's other things going on in LA that people yeah. care about, I guess, just like the entertainment industry and all that crap. But it's like back home, Cincinnati, it's like we love our what was a bad team for so long and all you know what i mean like and we still loved them for all for all their flaws and i cannot imagine like if slash when come on the Bengals win the afc championship game at airhead on sunday i'm gonna lose my mind right and i'm get i'm actually getting married in new orleans next friday Right. So I'm getting married. Thank you guys so much. Love wins in the comment section. Love you guys. My Venmo is at, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but uh, getting married soon. And I've told my blushing bride, I'm like, cause she's from Akron. So her family, her, that side of the, uh, uh, is all Brownie fans. So I'm like, they're happy for Ohio right now. They're jealous. You can feel it. They're very jealous. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. almost as jealous as I was last year when they blew out the Steelers in the playoffs. I was, I was seething with jealous rage last year. I was like, Oh my God, the Browns got a playoff win before us. I'm going to lose my mind. Thank you so much, Jason. Love you. Um, but I told my blushing bride, I'm like, if the Bengals go to the Super Bowl, all of, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm going. I know that the tickets right now, because the Rams are still alive and they're still in it, uh, the sure. tickets are insane. They're mm -hmm. insane. I think if the Rams, and I'm calling it, I'm thinking 49ers are going to beat them, right? If the 49ers are in it, and let's say the Bengals are in it, I'm hoping that the tickets aren't like absolutely in. They're going to be, but I'm going to, I'm going and I'm going to use like our honeymoon money to go and she's going to get me and immediately divorce me. But I am, that's the plan. And I can't imagine the Bengal takeover of LA. I cannot imagine all these Cincinnati folks flocking out here, but it would be so much fun. And like SoFi is a really cool stadium. I want to, I've never been, but I, whenever I see it, I'm like, Oh my God, I got to go. No, I, I haven't been either, but um, little known fact about me, I'm going to be celebrating my my 10th wedding anniversary this later this year. I got married Who on does? Bengals by weekend, dude. So, I mean, I, wow. I, 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 yeah, she, she knew the deal. She knew the deal. It was like, you know, if we're going to have a fall wedding, we got to make sure it falls on a specific weekend wherein. Did you I, plan that? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Oh, my God. I respect that. Well, <laughs> and she technically, asked me, Luke. I mean, I mean, you, you technically planned it on a Bengals bye week too, if that's the case. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. I she asked me like shudder because I came home because she's not. I'm not trying to go with you to the the zoo that is the Bengals bar. She's like, "What week is the Super Bowl?" If they, I'm like, "It's the week after our wedding." So yeah. I'm like, technically, our week, our wedding is the Pro Bowl, so no one cares. Uh, so we should be all clear. Yeah. 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 You should be. You should be good. To your earlier point. You're, you're right about L.A. and kind of a little bit of a, uh, I, don't, I don't know if apathy is a good word for it, but I guess a little bit of an apathetic approach to some of the teams there because the Rams have come and gone, the Chargers have come and gone, and then you've got USC. That was kind of a big football ticket for a while, and then they've been pretty lousy over the past handful of years, and so people kind of got bored with them, it seems. So, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, I think the Rams have energized some things there. but um, For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm painting with a broad brush when I say nobody cares, but it's like if you were in, you're, you're right though. If, you know, if you're if you're in Cincinnati and the Bengals are in the 
championship game, it's I'm sure it's like my my family saying like Cincinnati's just buzzing right now, and I'm I, I would love to see it, you know, with all the craziness happening and like just exciting, you know. Whereas like LA is in the championship game, and you'd be like, you don't, it doesn't really, you you don't see any Ram stuff, like you know, it's they just don't care, they don't care the same way, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, based um, off I did. The, the- Go ahead. go ahead. Go ahead, Luke. No, go ahead. I, I said I did today. I was like, because la- I know that that bar is going to be packed in L.A. So I'm definitely getting there a few hours early. And for my friends that I'm like sitting with, I rush ordered a bunch of cans of Skyline and some Skyline hot sauce because the, the hot sauce is you got to have the hot sauce as well. But I rush ordered them and I'm like really hoping that they get here in time for the game. This guy knows. I don't have Amazon Prime. <laughs> yeah. I'm pumped. We are I'm trying John, to eat it like in the line. Oh, there you go. That's the way to do it. Yeah, that's the way <laughs> yeah. to do it. I mean, I was just going to say, like, based off the week 18 matchup between the 49ers and Rams, it almost seems like there's more 49ers fans in L.A., but maybe the, Ra- the 49ers fans just travel oh. a little bit more. And, and I guess the Rams are doing that same thing that the Titans were trying to do to, to Bengals fans and limiting yeah. the ticket window restriction. But it's not going to happen. In Kansas City, because Arrowhead has no issue uh, selling out their own stadium. Yeah. Do you guys think that there's something like poetic about the that there's a chance that it could be Bengals 49ers 100%. round three? Yeah. Isn't For that sure. like the best possible? I feel like if the Rams win, like let's say the Bengals win, we're all like losing our minds, and then it ends up being the Rams. I'll be like, oh, oh okay. Cool. Yeah. Like, and you and you, the Bengals have a quarterback who a lot of probably I think it was Phil Sims earlier this year said he reminds him a lot of Joe Montana, right? I mean, the, the whole oh, comparison yeah. thing there. So that is, you know, there there's a lot of storylines there. There's even a lot of storylines if the Bengals make it with the Rams because of the McVay Zach Taylor thing, uh, all of that too. So I mean, if, if the Bengals make it, I mean, it's been a hell of a season if they don't, but it's, uh, you know, if they do make it, it's to your point, Luke. I mean, it's there's a lot of storylines that could be really cool leading up to this thing. I would be very, 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 very scared if Aaron Donald has to face our offensive line. <laughs> That's what I was going like, to ask. Yeah, oh yeah. God, that would be very bad. I, I, man, oh man, with all of the like free agent like hits that we got, other than like Trey Wayne's, which I'm not even going to try to dog on him. He's been hurt, but like just looking at the money spent situation, it's it's a there's can you point to a bigger misfire maybe like antonio bryant like i don't know it's been a long time since we like whiffed one that hard but like because of how much every other defensive free agent has worked out it bums me out like when when people are dogging on us uh about our offensive line rightfully so where people are like you guys never draft linemen and stuff it's like if you go back and look at the last 10 years of Bengals drafts, like we just never, it seems get a, get it right with like line. Like we can't miss on wide receivers. Every wide receiver we draft, except. You're pulling up the Ross Jersey. There you go. Uh, this, is a cur- this is a cursed Jersey. This is a cursed Jersey. Um, yeah. But other than John Ross, uh, I feel like, you know what I mean? I'm just like, People dog on us like we never draft linemen. And I'm like, we, we, we've we tried many times. We're just not good at it. Uh, here's another thing I was thinking at, and I know it's all positive vibes right now, but everyone is like l- kissing 
the ground that Frank Pollock walks on, at what point are we like, we did give up the most sacks in the league this year and then give up nine in the highest pressure situation possible. Right. Like at what point are we like, is he the best coach? Like, is he the best coach? I don't know. The, the thing, the thing that I, I think he's a good coach. Uh, the thing that still frustrates too, me. I, I, yeah. But you, you have a point there because the thing that still frustrates me is just still with another draft class, some of the guys that they had over the last couple of draft classes, an opportunity to go maybe get a, another guard or whatever in free agency, they still right. cannot figure out what's going on at the right guard situation. They had the right tackle situation figured out for a bit until Reef got hurt, but they just they can't they can't settle on a guy. And and when they settle on a guy, it seems like they have a good game, and then they follow it up with like two bad games, right? And so. Right. It's you can't have pro bowlers at every single position on the offensive line. We know that. And the other point that I was thinking about today in terms of what you said about the defensive free agents that have paid off for the Bengals. I mean, a lot of people are dogging the offensive line. The Bengals have really gone more heavy offense in the draft. They did. They did free agency, you know, defensive side of the ball. But also there were so many roster deficiencies that Zach Taylor inherited and so many yes. just yes. a lot of dead weight that really in two off seasons, it still wasn't going to be enough if you were aggressive in free agency in the draft both those years or, you know, all three years. So it still is going to probably take another off season to really, really get this thing to be primo shape as opposed to what he inherited. So, um, yeah, man, You're I totally right. I, yeah, I, I think I I don't want to speak for John. I know he's got some thoughts on Pollock, but I, I like him. But I, there's still some things where I'm like, yeah, I'd kind of like to see a little more from from a couple of these people. I had some some high-ish hopes for Carmen, especially later in the year, but that's gone completely the other way. Yeah, a little bit of a bummer. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to dog on because you can only do so much with the talent that you have here. You know, you know what I mean? Like, you can only work with what you have to work with. It just, it, it you know, that Titans game. Obviously, like Adenogy just got like bodied a few times, just backed right up. And you're just like, oh, buddy. And then there's a, but it's the ones to me, like, I'd rather see you get backed up like you are a, you aren't even standing in front of the guy than like a miscommunication free runner. Yeah. The Harold Landry. The B gap. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Where you're just like, God, those are the ones you can't, that's the stuff that like, crowd noise and and being at arrowhead like you can't you gotta get your checks right guys like at least get backed up like you're a rag doll luke, have the respect luke you, luke you know how this goes man if the, if the Bengals would have lost the titans then the whole story would be the Bengals let joe burrow get sacked nine times and then the criticism goes in for Pollock. but the Bengals found a way to win as they've done for basically most of the second half of the season and then now we have a game against the Chiefs where it's another obvious must-win situation and the roster's still not perfect, but you still have number nine throwing balls to number 85 like you were in there. So in terms of this game, man, what, what do you think? I know you're thinking the Bengals are going to win, but how do you think it's going to go down? <sighs> All right. This is just me being realistic. You know what I'm saying, guys? Like, this is a truth bomb right here. I'm thinking opening kickoff, Um, you know, they defer. They want the ball at halftime. Totally cool. Kick it off. Chris Evans TD. No problem. Onside kick it immediately. Rec- I'm kidding. I'm saying I'm thinking a final score like a hundred to zero Bengals. They like 
the the commentators don't know how to handle it at when it's like 42 to nothing at halftime and they're like we don't know what we're watching right now like uh you know i i i'm no i'm kidding but i think obviously it's going to be tough it's easy to point to our week 17 matchup and be like we already got you guys which is true and they do need to hear that but we're in, we're at Arrowhead in the postseason now. It's gonna be the it's gonna be a tall order. the The big thing is like that game in Cincinnati. We dropped two picks. If we can get one, if if Mike Hilton can hold on to one, if Eli Apple holds on to one of those, just one turnover is would be so big in this game. You know what I mean? And I'm not afraid of their run game, even though they did pretty well against us last time. Like, I feel like, I don't know. I, I we're, we're due for like a hit stick fumble on, on Clyde or something, uh, or whoever the hell's running over there. Sorry. But you know gonna, what I mean? Like, it's going like, to take, take something like that for sure. If the Bengals want to come out on top. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and hopefully we're not going down 14 to zero anymore. Um, but I trust in Joe. I feel like, all of these people talking about how, you know, that no one's given us a chance. I feel like that's exactly like the fuel that Joe Burrow loves like that. He, you don't want to make him mad. Like he's just a, he's a monster. He's so good. I love it. And I love, I don't think I've, I'm sure you guys are like this. Like I don't, I've always like, done a pretty good job of lying to myself and talking myself up that the Bengals are going to win in like the Andy years where I'm like, look, I understand all of our wide receivers are hurt and that we're playing the Colts in 2014. Sure. We're starting Rex Burkhead at wide receiver, but we might win. It's like, no, I legitimately believe in Joe. I believe in him. And if they, if the O-line can even be okay, like, we don't just no more nine sacks. Give us four, you know, like yeah, yeah. a modest four, you know, a modest four. Yeah. A modest time four. Gets named. Yeah. Chris Jones is going to, he's going to get one or two. He's going to, he just is. But as long as it's not a full blown collapse, like Joe bounces back, you can't flap him. And so I do think though, that the spread is right in that I don't think it's going to be a field goal game. I don't think it's going to be a one, two, three, four. I think either the Bengals win by seven or we lose by more than a score. You know what I mean? I think we, exactly. I think we either, you know what I mean? And like, I love money. Max saying he wants to break Vinatieri's postseason field goal record, but I'm like, I'd actually love it if you're doing nothing but kicking PATs the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. I, I, yeah. I'd love to not see you out there at all other than eight times for a PAT. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, and this will be another matchup in the postseason where it's, a you know, the, the Raiders game featured two really good kickers. This one's going to fe- feature two really good kick- kickers, but the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs kicker missed one. Yeah, I think he missed that and an extra point last week. So that was uh, oh, yeah. that's something to look at. A, a co- comment here from Daniel Upchurch in a, a ten dollars YouTube chat. Thank you. It's absolutely poetic talking about the Bengals and 49ers. Burrow has been slaying ghosts all year. So 
Um, yeah, interesting. I'm, I'm kind of like you. I waver on this thing, and 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 we'll get to our predictions later. Before um, before we kind of uh, do do some other things to close up the show, Luke. I want to I want to have people hear about your career a little bit and what you got going on. And one thing I wanted to ask you is, what is an SNL audition really like? And uh, Lorne Michaels and the whole crew that you that you have over there. What what is that process like? What it? I don't know. I, I we've we haven't gone Hollywood or NYC on this show before, so I need to get the right. back the the behind the scenes info, my man. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'll give you the abbreviated. I mean, it's a big, long story, obviously, but it's a, uh, you know, I, I, I was doing um, comedy in Chicago and they came, uh, they come to Second City and the IO Theater, uh, RIP. It's actually coming back. It, it died during COVID, but it's coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, they go every summer. And so there's a little bit like that's kind of the buzz during the summer as you want to be um, one of the people that the theater puts up for the, for the SNL showcase, you know, during the summers. And so, and, and you you get five minutes to do solo sketch characters. I'm a guitar comic. So I do some, yeah. do some tunes. Um, and I got picked to get to perform for them. Um, and it's one of the things where when you're in Chicago, they come and see you play a home game, which is kind of funny. And just in this situation, it's really like, you know, you pack it out with all of your friends and family and anyone that would support you. And they know that they know, like, this is you playing for a crowd that already is into it. And then they'll fly a few people out to NYC to do the famous, like host stage audition where it's intentionally like ice cold. And it's, they go out of their way to not give you anything. They want to see you sweat. They want to see mm. how how do you do with the lights? How do you do with no one reacting to you? They're like framed deal or no deal banker style. Like it's just like silhouettes <laughs> in the back of the room and they're like going out of their way to not laugh. Um, and, you know, I did my stuff, did my thing. Uh, they were, I got a couple little titters here and there and, Thought that was it. Thought it would be a cool story. They had me back a few weeks later, which I was like, okay. And they're like, do you do any impressions at all? Do you do any uh, political stuff? Which I, there's a reason I'm not still on the show. Uh, you see, but uh, my impression that I'm like, oh gosh, what do I even do for these people? I looked in the news. And I'm just like, it's a the the show is writing whatever's happening that week, right? And right. so um, that week. Um, Jay Cutler had just announced that he was coming out of retirement to play for the Dolphins. Oh, yeah. Uh, wow. And so yeah. it was that week. And so I bought a Dolphins flat brim. And my impression was me like with a um, camel crush on my lip. And I like, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I took my time. Like I'm just on my phone the whole time. I'm just like sitting there. I'm smoking a cig. <laughs> And I'm like sweating them out because I kind of know what I've already been in the room once. I know they're going to purposefully not react. And so I waited until they I could hear their chairs scooching and them like (laughs) and then I like noticed them. And my whole thing was like, oh, sorry, I'll 
Sorry, I was playing a game on my phone. We'll do this press conference. And my whole bit was just like, you know, Jake Keller doesn't care at all. <laughs> and so they like ate up my Jake. They, none of them knew who Jay Cutler was at all. They don't know who that is. Right. But they they loved the the bit. It's just that I don't care at all. You know what I right. mean? They were into it. So it's weird that yeah. my audition was actually football adjacent. Uh, but yeah, I like and it. then got to spend a year like there. It. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I looked on your website. It looks like maybe um, there you, I know you had been touring. I, I saw on your Instagram, you'd been touring, I think, was it middle of last year, late last year, you've been kind of doing some things. And then mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you've got some coming up here, but if you've got whatever you've got coming up or um, shows, touring, anything, we want to hear about it, man, or upcoming projects, anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I mean, I do a bunch of shows in L.A. all the time, but I have a weekend. Oh, there we go. Honestly, you're the first person that's ever looked at this website. I'm very <laughs> bad at keeping it current, but I have a weekend of shows in February in San Diego. So I'm doing a comedy club down there, uh, Madhouse in San Diego, I think. Nice. The middle of February. And then I'm in Boston early March. I got to put this stuff on there, but I'm touring around. I'm getting back to it. Um, but yeah, it's, nice. uh, I, I appreciate the plug for sure, but I'm all around. I'm, I should update this. I forget that this exists sometimes because people got to get you some Bengals Super Bowl content, you know? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, I, I'll, I'll try and make my way down to that San Diego show, man. That's, uh, that's, that's, I'll do it. I'd love and, to see you. Yeah. And then, you know, I, if, if the Bengals win this week, man, I may, May may find a way to crash your wedding the following week. I don't know, man. Just to get out oh. there and celebrate with you, but I won't do that. Roll up to New Orleans. You're invited. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a wonderful mess. I'm very excited. Well, we're, and, we're uh, happy for you. My fiance was like, "I'm like, if they win the AFC Championship, she's like, you're not bringing anything Bengal related to the <laughs> like." She, she's like, "I forbid it," but I already have tiger cufflinks for my suit. There so you I'm go. Like, I that's like low it. key. That's, I like that's it. me sneaking it in. Well, hopefully they get a win for you this weekend, and hopefully you have a great weekend after that, uh, and then another great weekend after that. So three straight weekends in a row, hopefully are are great for you there, Luke. Thanks for thanks for hopping on the show, man. It's always great. Oh, guys, uh, thanks for having me. I love the show. I oh, appreciate it, man. I'm, yeah. I'm always um, lurking. I'm always lurking. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, let's let's. Uh, I, I'm in Orange County, man. So let's let's connect though, um, and and hang Absolutely. out. I'd love to do it. I'm all over it, man. We cool. too bad this happened so late in the season, but next year we have to like watch a game or something. For sure, for sure. Well, take care, man. I appreciate it, and uh, it's been good good chatting with you. And uh, we'll 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 see you down the line. Come back on again. Thanks for having me, guys. I, I'd love yeah. to. Who day? Cool. See you, Luke. That was Luke Knoll, Saturday Night Live alum, comedian, musician, Bengals fan, and a hell of a funny guy. We went uh, we went Hollywood on the show, John. Finally, we went Hollywood. Yeah, for Lakota East guy, he's not bad. <laughs> Shout out Lakota He's West. awesome. He's awesome. He's awesome. I, I appreciate him coming on there. Uh, he's, he's a good dude, and hopefully we can connect. Maybe we'll connect uh, in a couple weeks for the Super Bowl. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure that out. Dustin Croft with the Super Chat. Thank you, Dustin. I agree with Luke on having Pollock concerns. I mean, has Jonah Williams ever been that great? Thought he would get more out of, uh, out of him at the minimum. But you got to remember, Jonah missed his rookie year, missed, I believe, a month's worth of, ga- month's worth of games last year so uh and he's had some solid moments he's had some solid performances this this year 
Um, I would say he performed pretty well against Yannick and Gakwe in that first playoff game on. So that, you know, there's some good moments there, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, there's just, there's just inconsistency across the line. And I think that's the big concern. Uh, he's had some solid moments because he's a good player. Like he's yeah. always been a good player. Don't, and... don't tell Tim McGee that though. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a bad week. Let's be honest. And guys are going to have bad weeks, but Jonah's a good player and he's not to yeah. be worried about. And it, there's no issue with Pollock's development of Jonah Williams. No. Yeah. I'm, I, yeah. Uh, well, we're going to get to stat of the week. We, we went long with the interview with Luke, but for good reason, cause he's a good dude and he's a hell of a funny guy. And I really appreciate him coming on the show. Um, we're going to get to the soundbite of the week in, in just a second here, but, uh, we got to do a little shameless self-promotion here in terms of letting you know how you can get this show and that is through of course youtube you can subscribe to the youtube um youtube channel and click the bell to be notified when we go live give us a thumbs up if you like what we're doing on our on our videos we're on itunes we are on stitcher we're also on all the major ones spotify google podcasts iHeartRadio, all the major ones we are on there along with the others on the cincy jungle podcast network that would be Ace and Zim doing their thing on Orange is the New Black. And, of course, Matt Minnick doing his thing with Coach Speak and Chalk Talk. So go subscribe on your favorite audio streamer and leave us a review there. And, of course, if you like what we're, if you like the video thing that we're doing, subscribe to our YouTube channel. John, you are the genius of the show, and you bring the information and the data. So you're going to kick off the uh, stat of the week. What you got? So this stat of the week, I was thinking about earlier in the week, and I ended up making it into an article on Cincy Jungle. The whole theme of the Titans game was the transformation from why not us to it is us. We them, in DJ Reader's words, like we we them boys, if you will. <laughs> and I, I thought about that. And just the, the whole thing of why not us is because the Bengals were these big underdogs going into the season and really throughout the season. They're, they've always been doubted and they will continue to be doubted. And that came from an honest premise. Like the Bengals coming off of these first two years of Zach Taylor. I mean, we had conversations about Zach Taylor. Is he even going to make it out of his third season? How many games does he have to win in order to keep his job? And that was because they were so unfortunately bad in his first two years. So bad to the point where the Bengals have made history come coming into the season, making the AFC championship after those first two years of Zach Taylor. They are the first team in pro football, not just NFL, pro football history to win six games in two years and then the following year go to a conference championship game. The previous low was seven wins and it was done by a couple teams. You had the 1979 Tampa Bay Buccaneers a couple of years after they were integrated with NFL. They lost in the NFC championship that year. The 1967 Houston Oilers, uh, they won a combined seven games in two years in the AFL before losing the AFL championship. And the 1947 Chicago Cardinals won the mm. NFL championship after winning a combined seven games in the previous two years. Never before has a team won six games or less in two years and then the following year make the conference championship. And I know it's a little bit cherry picked because it's specific to the Zach Taylor timeline, but I also, I also think that looking at two years is, is 
relevant. It has weight because oftentimes you'll have teams that have a bad year, but then progress and then make a run in the postseason. Or maybe you'll, you'll just have a bad year one year and then pop off the next. And you look at like the 2019 San Francisco 49ers, right? They had four wins in 2017, six wins in like 2018. And then they make the, the, the freaking Super Bowl in 2019, led by Jimmy Jimmy G and Nick Bosa and whatnot. So this turnaround this quickly under a head coach that no one really had any belief in outside of Cincinnati with this roster that has all come together so quickly and everything has gone so right. The why not us movement, it had weight. And honestly, the expectations being low, they were honest. So the fact that they're here now, they have defied all expectations. And I understand that they want to carry that confidence with them. Like it is us and they've earned that 100%. But their humble beginnings, it made a lot of sense. That's crazy what you're what you're present the data that you are presenting there, and just something just kind of dawned on me. And you know, I, I think this is this is a specific reason why the the talking points have largely been what they have been in terms of not buying into the Bengals. They're not going to make it past this round. They're not going to make it past the next round. They're not going to make it past the one coming up. It just, they were so bad the previous two years. And it wasn't like they were like on the cusp of being decent. It wasn't like they were, and I guess, I guess they would have been had Joe Burrow not been injured, obviously late last year, they probably would have crept a little closer to 500 and had some nice building blocks there based on what we saw, but, um, and the teams that they played at the end of this end of the season. But yeah, I mean, I, I just, I kind of feel like they've surprised and exceeded so many expectations this year. They've surprised so many people that, they're just not ready to accept that this team made such a significant jump and they have pretty much. And honestly, the thing that separates them from other teams who have made it this far, but couldn't win the whole thing. There've only been a couple of teams that have won single digit games in the two year span and then won the Super Bowl. You have the greatest show on turf, the 99 Rams and the 81 San Francisco 49ers. And we all know who, who they beat in the Super Bowl that year. But the thing that they have in common Fantastic quarterback play. Kurt Warner, fresh off of bagging groceries at Kroger, joins this star-studded St. Louis Rams squad and ends up leading the league in passing efficiency, wins the Super Bowl. And that was Joe Montana's first year as a full-time starter with the 49ers. And he had a pretty solid year, too. I think he led the league in completion percentage and was, like, tied for six in yards per attempt. Like, that's that's what Joe Burrow is. He's the, he's the king of efficiency. He leads the league in yards per attempt, and he leads the league in completion percentage. So these other teams have uh, found themselves in these situations after just a dreadful two-year span. They didn't really have a quarterback like Joe Burrow, and that's the reason why they can continue this going forward. Well, that is interesting stuff, and my little mini stat of the week, just to tack on that, is a good segue to the Chiefs preview. We'll be here just a little bit longer talking about the AFC uh, championship game against the Chiefs. The Bengals have only scored three touchdowns in two games this postseason, John, and eight field goals. So that, as great as Evan McPherson has been and as great as Joe Burrow has been, particularly you know in that first game when he wasn't hitting the turf nine times, it, it has to change. You got to start, you got, you got to start being better in the red zone. You can't keep taking the sacks as you're marching down the field. You can't keep stalling out drives against Kansas city in Arrowhead. If you want to have a chance to win this thing. So three touchdowns in two postseason games. Yes. They're two and zero. a little bit concerning there for me, John, but 
let's kind of tee this one up. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, uh, the, the big bit, the biggest game in a really, really long time for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I, I, do we want to start with injuries? Where, where, where do we want to start here? Yeah, there's not much to go with injuries. I think it's just right now the Bengals are dealing with similar injuries that they've had in the past couple of weeks. Stanley Morgan, Josh Tupau are currently limited with their respective injuries. Tupau still has the MCL. Stanley Morgan's got the hamstring and Cam Sample has a groin injury, which I believe he suffered during the Tennessee Titans game. He did not practice. And the Chiefs had only one guy not practiced as well, but it's a bigger name than Cam Sample. Tyron Matthews still in the concussion protocol. He suffered a concussion against the Buffalo Bills. Now there are signs pointing towards him playing, and in all likelihood, he will pass protocol and end up playing. But the fact that he didn't practice Wednesday, I mean, you can, you can compare it to Trey Hendrickson's timeline in the past uh, week, and Hendrickson at least practiced the beginning of last week's practice. So Matthew's a little bit behind schedule, but it looks it sounds like he'll be fine. And, and then a bunch of you know, a bunch of players for the Chiefs are still having like listed with injuries, but all of them that you can see on the screen, Clyde Edwards, Elair, Chris Jones, Tyree Kill, they all practice full. They'll be fine. Yeah. And Fenton was the one that w- they were also worried about, right? Um, he-, he had been having a back issue for the past few weeks and uh, looks like he's trending in the right direction for the Chiefs there to kind of have, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of rare that these teams are, you know, I mean, I know the Bengals have lost a couple of people, Larry Ogunjobi, Joseph Osai uh, earlier in the year and, and a few others, but these teams are, you know, for it being so far into the season, pretty, pretty healthy at this point. Well, that's what you have to like. It's yeah. really, it's just a war of attrition and the teams that end up making it the furthest. They're not only the best performing teams, but they're the teams that have the most guys to, to play. And, you know, the Titans making it that far after playing like 91 guys on their roster, like a league record or something, it's commendable. But this is what the Bengals haven't had in years past injury luck. And now they have it and look where they are. So, I guess one of the one of the talking points is you know when the Bengals uh, what, what were the Chiefs when the Bengals knocked them off weren't they like eight and zero they started off real poor mm-hmm. and then I think they were eight and zero the Bengals beat them um, and, and you know you felt really good as from the Bengals side of things about that win is this based on the health that we're talking about I don't think I don't think Clyde played in that game against the Bengals and there are a couple of other uh, players out but. I mean, is this Chiefs actually right? This Chiefs team, after beating the Bills and getting getting through the the, the postseason to where they are, is this Chiefs team actually better than the one that the Bengals faced a month ago? They, they're probably the same, right? Because the the Bengals are the only team that has beaten the Chiefs um, since I guess what October when they started that winning streak. I don't feel like they're any different. And you know, we've talked about like last week. Um, we weren't really sure what the Titans were going to do defensively. We had a decent idea, but they ended up flipping the script on the Bengals and utilizing a lot more blitzes and whatnot to really confuse the Bengals offensive line. But it kind of seems like the Chiefs, you know, they've been here before. This is their fourth AFC championship at home. They have a formula that has obviously worked in the past three months and they're not really going to change. They have an identity and I don't think they're any better or worse than where they were when they came to Paul Brown Stadium on January 2nd. It just kind of feels like they're the Chiefs, and they're going to do what they're going to do because they've had success with that. So it honestly feels like the Bengals can just look at that tape from January 2nd and everything past that, and I don't think you're going to see that much of a different team. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're going to see that much of a different team. I think uh, the talking point that comes from that is obviously beating who they beat 
last week and how they beat them. Uh, just a, an absolutely crazy, crazy game. Um, what we've seen from the Bengals, I mean, we talked about Burrow and the rookie McPherson and their confidence and all of that. And they just kind of seem to be unflappable. Big moments, big games, big opponents, the whole thing. Is this just a different animal in that regard for the Bengals and their and their potential mindset this week? Or do you still foresee that this is just another another game? They're going to embrace that underdog mentality that seems to be just an omnipresent thing <laughs> for them. Uh, or or might this moment be a little too big for this young team? Do you think? Well, you know, what, Anthony, I feel like it's like a combination of two things that work in the Bengals' favor. And I, I, I want you to listen to this. It, it's okay. the Bengals having success against this exact team not even a month ago. So there's confidence and seeing them beat this team before, basically composed in the same exact way, but obviously the stakes are higher, it's a different setting, but they come into this game knowing that they can beat this team because they legitimately did beat them. But now you still have a lot of people doubting them. Obviously, the the spread favors the Chiefs, the the experts are favoring the Chiefs. The Chiefs have won games like this before. They've gone on to the previous two Super Bowls, and people a a lot of people think that the Chiefs can't be beaten twice even though it's not that uncommon for teams to face each other again in the playoffs. And for that team that that won the first time to win again, we just saw it with the Bengals Raiders. And we've seen Joe Burrow specifically perform just as good, if not better the second time that he faces some of these teams. And it's hard to imagine Burrow playing better than when he did the first time against the chiefs. But maybe this time you don't have that slowish start where you're down by double digit, double digit points to the chiefs, because at that point, then you're facing off against the Chiefs pass rush playing at home in obvious passing situations, and it could get a little bit more ugly than, than it did in Cincinnati. But Anthony, the fact that they are still underdogs, but come into this game with that earned confidence because they've seen this work, I think that just works really well in the Bengals' favor. That's fantastic points. And I, I think as much as we, who cover the team, who are fans of the team, etc., as much as we complain about some of the national media narratives, there's some clown show that that takes place in Massachusetts. These guys, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't even know their names, but they just keep putting out takes there that are just I, I, whatever. There's a lot of old narratives. There's a lot of disbelief in this team, and it there's a lot of belief in that locker room. There's a lot of belief in who they are, what they can do, who they can beat in that locker room. And so I, I'm in agreement with you. There's also a little bit of the playing with house money at this point. Nobody thought they would be here and except them. And so I, I'm kind of with you there in terms of the the mindset. I'm not really worried about based on how they've shown up in big games this year and in the postseason so far. I'm not worried about a, a Marvin Lewis shrink show uh, at at Arrowhead. You know, it's more just some of the X's and O's and some of the the areas that both teams are talented or maybe less talented. Those are kind of the, and that's what the game should be about. It shouldn't be about, you know, uh, not showing up or not, not coming big in the big moments, but you talked about kind of the pass rush a little bit. Um, I, this obviously is not as ferocious player by player across the line uh, as Tennessee, but Kansas city can still get after the passer. What are you seeing that, the Bengals need to do this week um, to really kind of, I mean, is it kind of what Luke talked about the the communication issues where, uh, you know, a guy 
brings it back inside and, and there's some communication issues on the right side. What do you, I don't know. What do you, what are you saying that like, Hey, you gotta be able to, to do this from an offensive line standpoint to really have a good shot here. Yeah. I think like you won't see as many um, twists and stunts from the chiefs defensive line as you saw from the bills, because again, Steve Spagnuolo doesn't really change. Honestly, like he's not Mike variable where he comes in every single week and it's different based off the opponent and he goes off of, or he deviates from certain tendencies. I think Spagnuolo, does what he wants to do and uh, the defense for the chiefs has improved in recent weeks but it's still as we saw (laughs) on on sunday pretty vulnerable so chris chris jones is the biggest x factor here because we saw in the in the first chiefs game tyron matthew coming off the edge you had melvin ingram and frank clark off the edge and that's the type of pressure that burrow is an expert at avoiding and he can extend plays but when you have a guy like Chris Jones, like we saw last Saturday with, with Jeffrey Simmons, just yeah. bulldozing his way up the middle. That's impossible to escape. And that's how the Titans were able to convert so many of their pressures into sacks. So I think you're still going to see Burrow pressured in this game because, like you said, the Chiefs still have players at defensive line. The Bengals offensive line is still going to struggle, but you may not see as many of them turn into sacks because there could be more situations where Burrow can avoid it. What What's interesting, though, and our friend Joe Goodberry brought this up, I think, in, in a podcast interview that he was on earlier this week. The fact that the Bengals had legitimate headset communication issues with Burrow and getting the plays in and that them having to waste the entire play clock to actually snap the ball already playing on the road. You're just giving pass rushers just a, a free lane to just tee off and explode at the right time because they can just jump the snap because it's waiting until the last second. So they can't really do that again and expect to block guys like Melvin Ingram and Frank Clark off the edge. And just basically get in the way of that Chiefs pass rush. So the communication obviously has to be better. And hopefully that their headsets don't go out in the middle. So they don't have to waste 39 seconds before getting a playoff. Daniel Upchurch with the uh, another generous uh, uh, super chat here. Everybody keeps talking about the Chiefs and the Bills crazy scoring. But nobody is talking about both defenses giving up. I mean, I don't know if giving up... Maybe giving up points at the end. So many scores at the end, I think, is maybe, I don't want to speak for Daniel, but maybe that's what he's referencing there. The Bengals' defense doesn't give up. Um, the Pressure last week and sacks last week were came at a premium. Um, and, and I guess you didn't really need them, given the fact that you still forced three tur- turnovers despite that. Uh, but we did see, obviously, last year and – in the Super Bowl and why the Chiefs invested so heavily on their offensive line in both free agency and the draft this year. That's one of the few things that is kryptonite for Patrick Mahomes if you continually get after him. Are you are you confident or worried about the Bengals pass rush this week based on kind of an inconsistent performance last week? I believe the only sack they had was was Von Bell on a blitz, right? Um, so so I, I don't know. How are you feeling about the pass rush this week going up against Kansas City? Yeah, I just don't know what Trey Hendrickson is right now because he was coming off the concussion and he injured, I think, his shoulder or arm against the Titans. Yeah, he did. That's right. So so he's not missing practice right now. But I think in general, man, the defensive line is probably just gassed. They've experienced so many injuries. Sam Hubbard's playing like 80, 90 percent of his snaps. DJ Reader's barely getting out of the game. So if there's one position group that's just kind of wearing down, it's probably probably the defensive line. But even pressuring Mahomes, like he can do just as many good things, if not better things than Burrow out of the pocket. Like Mahomes is maybe kryptonite is like he'll have one or two, you know, crazy plays where maybe the ball is is in harm's way. And we saw that against the Bengals, like Eli Apple and Mike Hilton both dropped interception. Luke Luke said it best, man. If you can get one of those, if you can get one 
extra possession against an offense that is destined to score 35, 42 points, you have to take advantage of it. And whether it comes via a, a pass rush win and a pressured throw or just Mahomes trying to make magic out of nothing and then just the throw slightly getting away from him, that has to be a situation that you take advantage of. And credit to the Bengals for doing that exact thing in the past two games against Derek Carr and Ryan Tannehill. But Mahomes is just a different animal. He is. He is. Any other keys that you want to focus in on before we get to, because uh, we're going long again this week, but uh, any keys that you think that we didn't talk about to this one or or something kind of behind the scenes you think will be a, a big factor this week, and then maybe we'll we'll give predictions as we usually do. Yeah, not really behind the scenes. Like uh, Leading up to the Tennessee game, I thought because Chase had such a good game and T. Higgins was kind of an afterthought against the Raiders, I thought the flip would, I thought the script would flip and then T. Higgins would kind of shine and then Chase might be on the back burner. And T. Higgins had a better game against the Titans, but when it came down to it, Jamar Chase had three receptions in the fourth quarter and obviously the biggest reception of the game. You look at this game now, the Chiefs obviously don't want to give up 266 yards again, again against Chase, but... Is there really anything that the Chiefs secondary can do to stop Chase? And we just saw Gabriel Davis, 200 yards, four touchdowns. Stefan Diggs barely has like one catch or something like that. I don't think it's going to be like that because I don't think I, I just think Chase is right now in a tier of his own where he just can't be stopped. He's up there with Debo, Cooper Cup and the guy on the other sideline, Tyreek Hill. They're, he's just a guy that defenses can do all they want, but he's going to get his. So it feels like like I know Luke was saying that T Higgins is going to pop off this game and because more Chase more attention is going to be given to Chase, but I kind of feel like Jamar Chase is, is just going to get his, and that's not really going to be a storyline. Yeah, and I think that plays into this this super chat a little bit that we got from Bruce Gaines. Thank you very much. What do you see the Bengals doing differently in this game to improve our chances of scoring? I think, of course, Chase. I think using the big body of, of T. Higgins uh, in the red zone, but quite honestly, for me, it's just stop the negative plays. Stop the negative plays when you get down there, whether it's a, a run that nets you nothing or a negative two, a minus one, whether it's a sack, anything like that. To me, you just got to – those negative plays are the ones – and not only that, it's not even – I'm trying to word this correctly here. The negative plays are not just causing you to not get in the end zone. They're causing difficult field goal makes. I mean, he's made all of them, but they're causing difficult distances quite often for for Evan McPherson. Thankfully, he's been absolutely perfect. But, you know, those negative plays are just absolutely killing you. But thanks, Bruce, for the super chat. I think we got one more here. Um, oh, a complimentary. Of course, uh, T-Bread2328-2328. Uh, thank you for everything you do for all of us fans. Love the show. Can't wait for Sunday. Thank you. And we got... Another generous one from our special guest, Luke Knoll, gave, gave us one here as well, right here. Uh, thanks for having me on the show, guys. You were awesome, Luke. Thank you. Who day, baby? That's right. Um, what do you What do you think in prediction wise, John? What do you, What are you thinking here? I honestly Score. do. I honestly do think that the Chiefs are just the better team because I think they're just more reliable. They're playing at home. They've won seven straight playoff games at. Arrowhead Stadium ever since I believe losing to the New England Patriots in the first AFC championship game. And that was an overtime with the whole Julian Edelman controversy and whatnot. I, it, it just really seems difficult to outscore Mahomes twice in this single season. If there's any team that can do it, it's either the Bills or the Bengals. And I think the Bills have a better defense than the Bengals and the Bills still weren't even, weren't even able to do it. it. It's been said all year, man. This team has been doubted. It's been counted out. It's been underestimated. They were underestimated against the Chiefs the first time. They're going to be underestimated 
again this time. And I think it's for decent reasons. I, I just think that offense for the Chiefs is just a little bit more reliable than the, the total culmination of efforts that the Bengals have. But counting against Joe Burrow is just it's, it's a losing battle. If someone has to take it, it might as well be me. So let's go 35 to 31 Chiefs. All week, I think I said last week as well on the show that regardless of the outcome against Tennessee, I felt like that the ride would end for the Bengals this week. Depending, it was regardless of if they played the Bills or the Chiefs. I just felt like you know it was just too much. And even even watching that game Sunday, I was like, yeah, man, this is going to be tough. Uh, you watch them go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I just for even you know, just up and up until now, I'm just like, yeah, I just I don't know. But like you said, there's just something different about this team, and I I, I everything is telling me don't pick them. They're not they're not going to win this week. Uh, and yet there's just the intangible stuff, the team of destiny stuff. I don't know. I just I, I feel like this. It's not going to be an easy game. It's not going to, not a winnable game. Uh, and, and I don't want to be the the hero to you being a villain picking against them, John. But I, I don't know. There's something that just says they they can just make one one more play, one more uh, just enough this week. And um, I'm going to go. We go 27-26 Bengals. Uh, and, and that really just kind of came to me late today that I felt you know all week, even after the game. Last week I said, and, and I think part of, quite honestly, my mindset changing is a little bit of how the Bengals won that Tennessee game as well. Uh, they showed a lot of character in that one and how they pulled that off. I don't know if I truly buy into teams of destiny. I feel like people get kind of lost in that when they just forget that, hey, these teams are just playing better than the others. And that's just the yeah. logistical reason that it comes down to. It, it is intoxicating, though just with everything lining up. The fact that the 49ers are playing the team in the Rams that, that they've beaten twice this year and the, and the Bengals having that chance to play that team again, having the chance to sweep the Chiefs. That's just an impossible task on paper, but everything just going right, everything just clicking. It would be phenomenal to see that unfold. It really would. It would. Let's drop the mic and get out of here. We went long, but for good reason. These have been uh, uh, epic past few weeks of shows between guests interviews and all kinds of different things we've been doing and we get to keep it rolling all week john uh what do you got for us as we get on out of here um don't don't mean to end the show on like a sad note but i just wanted to give my condolences to carlos dunlap and his family unfortunately carlos dunlap senior passed away earlier this week i believe in his hometown in uh, north or south carolina i think he was involved in some type of a car accident uh, last year, when the whole Dunlap saga was unfolding, uh, Dunlap Senior reached out to me to really tell his side of the story. And uh, I honestly, just he just seemed like a guy that just genuinely wanted the very best for his son. And just for him to share his thoughts and his time with me and to, to trust that information with me, a yeah. guy who's barely a journalist in, in this industry. It, it really meant a lot. And, you know, when Dunlap was traded to the Seahawks, he reached out to me again. I'm like, I bet you're excited, man. I'm like, absolutely. And, you know, it, when it, when it, whatever you need, like my family is, is here for you. And then that gratitude it really meant a lot to me. And just to know that you know, he's a fantastic father of Carlos. And I'm just really, really feeling for Carlos at this point. So rest in peace to Carlos Dunlap Sr. Yeah, that one, that one hurts a little bit. I was going to talk a little bit about that too. I just remember, 
you know, early on in, in my days at Cincy Jungle, it was, you know, we used to get these emails from him and it was emails just talking about what his son is doing in the community, the football camps he's participating in and all kinds of different stuff to alert us to say, Hey, you know, maybe write about this, maybe let people, let the fans know what he's doing down here in case you haven't, you know, and it's, it's not a, he didn't do that as like a promotional thing. He did that just as a proud father of, of everything his kid, his kid was achieving. And so um, sad day, sad day. And, and, you know, Carlos left a, a really heartfelt, message on his Instagram and stuff. So uh, yeah, aching, aching for them for sure. Carlos was a, was a great player for the Bengals for a long time. And uh, his, his dad was really proud of him obviously for good reasons. So not, not good news there. I, I will say I kind of had, I don't want to be exaggeratory or anything or uh, over the top. I, I just, I, I going back to that team of destiny thing I talked about, I don't know, man, like some of the stuff that you talked about with the stat of the week and um the the lack of success over the, so many years of this franchise and stuff uh, this is like and i guess it makes sense because we had someone from hollywood on our show tonight this is like movie script stuff dude if they if they go and to make this turnaround complete this turnaround go all the way or maybe not even go all the way come close to going all the way this is like underdog story galore um and, and so i i don't know just a weird thought that that popped in my head today that just a, a really, really special season that's unfolded for us. And I've seen this pop up a few times. Like all other teams in recent history have had that feeling of this is the the the, the start of like the new standard, the norm. Like we're going to be back here next year and whatnot. And very rarely is that the case. Like you look at the Chiefs or this next dynasty; they only have one ring in three years of Mahomes starting, and, and they very well may not have a may not have a second here coming up shortly. So. These opportunities are rare, but when it comes to the Bengals, I think for me, it doesn't feel like it's this year or nothing. I truly do feel like they are going to be serious contenders for at the very, very minimum of the next two years. And if they win this time, that's fantastic. But if they don't, I have a hard time not believing they'll be back here next year. Yeah, maybe not movie, movie stuff, maybe 30 for 30 or I don't know, something like that. It just it just kind of feels that way, what they've been able to achieve. And I do agree with you that I feel like this is the tip of the iceberg, potential dynasty type of stuff um, that that's going on here. I pinned a comment here from Melanie West in our live Facebook chat saying we are placing our four Chiefs versus Bengals tickets on sale. I got COVID. That's why I am selling the tickets. Section 321, row 39, seats 6 through 9. If you need tickets, send me a direct message now. Serious buyers only. Uh, I don't want to bombard your <laughs> inbox, Melanie, but uh, I, I assume you are looking for someone to take those off your hands. So we want to help you out with that. And of course, you and any other members of your family that may be sick at this point, hopefully you are all uh, doing well, getting better, all of that. But we want to at least try and help you out. So if, if you are on Facebook um, and or you're in the live chat right now, go um, go give a message to Melanie West. If you're looking for tickets, she's looking to, to get those off her hands. Get better, Melanie. Um, that's going to do it for us, John. You excited for this weekend, my man? This is going to be a big one. Dude, it's the AFC Championship and the Bengals are playing in it. Of course, I'm excited. We're, we're, whatever <laughs> happens, man, th- th- this has been a year, a month. Uh, past couple weeks to remember for content but just for memories and just just looking back on this now like it, it, it's cool to just live in the moment and you know what whatever happens saturday happens yeah sunday are you, sunday. Uh, sunday that's okay are you are you 
going somewhere? Are you you hanging out at home? How, how are you watching the game? I think I'm watching it with the two best friends that really got me into all this in the first place. The guys that really um, have been friends my entire life, and they're the reasons why I got involved with the Bengals in the first place. So you know, hopefully um, going back to where it all started it ends up in a place where we've never been before. Nice. Was one of them the, the, the your buddy that I met uh, week one? Uh, no, that, that was not him. I, I met him a few years ago in, in college. Okay. These, these guys, that's right. That's right. these guys know me as the original Bengal John when I was just seven years old and with curly John blonde hair and having having a John Kidna jersey in the 2003 season. John we go Kidna. way back. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'll probably just be hanging with with some family members as well and doing a little typing and and uh, hopefully celebrating. So have fun, John. You as well, Anthony. Man. All right. Take it easy, everybody. 